Welcome to Uncaged. Today we're speaking with Alex Becker. We're going to be talking about sales, sales, sales today, and really looking at how sales can help shape a business, grow that business. Talking about Alex's career, he's worked in many, many companies in the space. And hopefully he'll have all the answers for us, Alex. No pressure. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about you and your career. Yeah, sure. And thank you very much for having me today. So the career has actually been always focused on sales and net new bookings and revenue. Basically in two different industries. The first part was in the printing and publishing industry. And I followed kind of a sales, sales management, general management path there. And then uh, made the move into software and technology. And I've spent really the last two decades there. Uh, following a similar kind of sales, sales management, general management track, but always on a sales-led growth motion. Um, I know there's a lot of talk now about product-led growth, sales-led growth, so on, and partners are becoming a bigger part of the ecosystem. Uh, and so I've always been focused on really the direct sales contribution to pipeline and conversion, as well as nurturing partnerships, and then obviously benefiting from what we can on the product or marketing side. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where the career has been oriented from the beginning. And, you know, Alex, when you look out in the world, I know what what I'm thinking about this year. This year has been challenging on the sales side for a lot of organizations. I would say that I'm seeing some of our customers having decent results, but every one of them has kind of had the same echo, which is, wow, this year has been a slog. Like it's a lot harder to get to where we said we'd get to. So tell me what you're seeing out there right now. It's interesting. I've had the opportunity this year to speak to a lot of sales leaders in software and selling into, and and really tech-enabled services, but selling across industries. So it's really a vertical agnostic conversation. Mm -hmm. To your point, new bookings are off from Mm -hmm. original goals and objectives. Most importantly, those sales cycles have elongated. And so Mm -hmm. if you go back to the beginning of the year, everybody was very excited with these large pipelines And it looked like Q1 was going to be strong, but in the end, the deals just slowed down. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, the, what was, I guess, across the industry, like a 45 day sales cycle, if you will, on average across SaaS, you know, it's now moved into that 65, 70 day cycle. Mm -hmm. And so that started to create a lot of panic as you came out of Q1 going into Q2. And to your point, exactly, people are trying to figure out what's the next playbook to really get sales optimized. Um, You know, the other thing that's been interesting, I think, is with the leverage of sales automation tools, it really helped propel a lot of conversations if you go back 15, 10 years, even five years ago. Mm -hmm. But I do think the market's a little saturated with that. And buyers are very aware of sequences and, you know, the processes that are trying to happen. In fact, I mean, really, if you just look at the engagement of how buyers want to work with prospective suppliers and providers today, it's changed. It's evolved, right? There's more information for them to get access to. Uh, They do a fair amount of research. I mean, the data will be 80, 85% or more before they ever engage with the brand. And so, you know, you've got to make sure that those touch points are very salient and meaningful. And so that part has kind of evolved, but it's been a challenging year for most. And I think many are just trying to pivot and figure out how do we make the most of the engagements that we have. So yeah, it's a really good set of points you're raising here, Alex. I mean, are you saying that the companies that are kind of leading the pack right now, do you see them 
spending more time developing that kind of discovery approach or I'm just yeah. kind of because because what you're kind of outlining is almost like that holistic path. Yeah, just yeah. interesting to hear. I mean, I know what you're talking about on the sequencing. I mean, certainly there's a ton of technologies there. You know, to be perfectly honest with you, I'd be curious to see if you see any of those technologies overperforming over others. You know, we notice that a lot of them kind of are not the greatest, you know. I think so. I think there's just a saturation point with that. I yeah. think they've been overused. I mean, there, there's been points in the past few years where people would say the amount of touch points it would take is six or seven or eight, and it's jumped yeah. to 12. Now it's jumping to 17, 20. I mean, buyers don't want to be pinged that many times to get on a conversation. Uh, I, I think there seems to be a bigger focus on the ABM, you know, kind of account-based marketing model where you're being a little more focused and a little bit more of a thought leader as part of that engagement and outreach strategy. And I think if you're able to bring value to a conversation rather than just, I'm trying to reach you to get on a demo, mm -hmm. uh, I think it does provide a little bit more value. I think, you know, that's partly why there's been a lot of companies that have benefited from the PLG growth that are now trying to pivot to the SLG growth. Mm -hmm. Right, um, because it's it is harder, and you have to put a little bit more thought and emphasis behind how you're going to approach your territories and your targets. Yeah, so I mean, Alex, it's great to see in general. I would say some of the tools that are being utilized today, in comparison to perhaps like a decade uh, previously, you know, we, it's tons and tons of data being utilized to kind of automate and link this stuff into a company. But, you know, when you look out on that landscape, what are some of the tools and technologies that you're seeing that you're excited about that is actually helping sales teams these days? I think I think intent applications and intent platforms. So they might be tracking, is there more activity happening from a certain domain? Let's call it Alex and Company now starts doing research on your website and mm -hmm. downloading a white paper and I'm doing other things. Um, you know, it's that, do I have intent Am I just doing research and just looking around or do I have really a buyer's intent? I think that technology is pretty promising. Um, again, I fear potentially it being overused or, 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 you know, over indexed as part of the sales process, but yeah. uh, I think that's promising. And then certainly this year, there's been a lot of conversation around AI, uh, mm -hmm. you know, conversational AI in particular. And so I think that's in its very early stages, but I do think there'll be some very interesting technologies that'll come from that. Yeah, I mean, on the AI front, are there things that you could imagine being really helpful to you and the teams that you look after? For sure. I mean, you know, again, I think it's about speed. The thing that's been interesting to me playing around with some of those technologies are they're still early stage. You can kind of tell, you know, sometimes the information isn't accurate. Sometimes there kind of goes off on a tangent. Um, but the speed by which mm -hmm. they're able to calculate and process, even just generating letters and, you know, emails and, you know, perhaps it's not the final output that comes out of those technologies today, but it certainly moves you in a direction much more quickly than you might if you were just working off of a blank screen. Yeah. And so I think there's some real, uh, I think there's some real benefits yet to come with those types of technologies. Again, I think it's early days. So Alex, I mean, you've been in this game for a while. You've really built yourself up in the sales game. Tell me a little bit about that pathway and how things have really shifted over your career. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I've had some conversations with people recently. When I started in my career, there was no such thing as an SDR or a BDR, right? There certainly <laughs> was no guy. <laughs> right. And so really everything was 
very manual in nature, if I can think of it like that, right? There was no sequences or anything like this. And so you had to think about how you were approaching prospects and the conversations you were going to have and being methodical and persistent and just organized about it. I think yeah. automation has uh, given us a lot of tools to increase volume, um, mm -hmm. but not necessarily the quality component in each case. Mm -hmm. And so what I've started to see is there's a group of companies, right, organizations that are trying to figure out how do we get back to a sales organization that is methodical, consistent, persistent, you know, thought leaders and amplify the volume. <laughs> yeah. So you almost need both now and volume on its own won't, won't, won't yield the success. And I think that's where a lot of automation tools thought it might. But I also think if it's only on the thought leadership side, you don't have enough of the volume there. So there's a balance in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do I see it going again? I think there's a lot of promise with some of the technologies that are out there, but I do yeah. think companies are rethinking how are they trying to engage with their prospective buyers mm -hmm. and prospective customers? And that's going to be a, a different level of engagement than what we've been used to in the past decade or so. Yeah. I mean, when you look out at organizations and you kind of are working with folks to kind of plan those broader sales activities, what are you finding kind of company owners and finance teams and CEOs what are they thinking about? I mean, you know, when it comes to sales, is it, you know, I can tell you like the things that always pop up in our meetings are like, you know, are we on track for our cost per acquisition? But like, what are the key things? Yeah. I mean, especially in the SaaS market where I've spent the last, you know, a couple of decades, it's, you know, CAC and LTV still continues to be a driver. Um, but in the end of the day, you know, the resources to support sales and new customer acquisition is an expense for the company. Yeah. It's a heavy investment. And so I think the question always comes down to efficiency. Are we being as efficient with the resources to get the conversions that we're trying to get? Mm -hmm. And therefore, then the questions start to become down. Are we talking to the right you know, ICP? Are we having those right conversations? Is the pricing and packaging correct? Like there's a lot that goes into that value proposition, but I think it's really about an efficiency model. And, you know, are we enabling the sellers to be as efficient as they can? And then are the sellers being as efficient as they should be? given the tools and resources that the companies are providing for them. Yeah. And Alex, I'd just be curious to get a sense from you. So you've worked with a lot of these companies that are in the SaaS space. And you know, there's always a, I think, if you get it right, my viewpoint would be a healthy tension, a healthy tension between the sales teams and sometimes the account teams as they okay. approach relationships in a different way. And they're rewarded sometimes differently. Okay. How do you get those two parties to sing on the off of the same hymn sheet? It's a good question. And it's going to vary <laughs> a bit, I think, based on the segment that they serve. Yeah. Like, you know, enterprise organizations are going to have really teams that are going to be oftentimes matrixed or, you know, sometimes they might have subject matter experts that cover certain categories. Mm -hmm. um, at the enterprise level, I think it's certainly different than mid-market and is absolutely different than the SMB side or the high velocity sales on the commercial side of the business. So I think it varies a little bit based on the segment that you're serving. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen, <laughs> here's the secret sauce that works in each case, if you will. Yeah. I think it does somewhat depend on how reliant is that customer from an engagement standpoint once they actually deploy the technology. Is yeah. it much more self-service? Is it very much white glove kind of support? And yeah. that might help dictate the investment that's going to go into either of those groups. Yeah. And Alex, I mean, you've been in sales throughout your career. 
Tell me what drives your passion for this stuff. I mean, it's a very, I think, you know, if someone was to describe sales to me when I started my career versus what it is now, it feels like a different profession almost, you know, it's very data focused now, very, very insights led. So tell me like really what drives that passion. Yeah. You know, for me, first of all, the, the the data part of it and the way we look at it from more of a science than the art, yeah. I think is, I think that's good. I think there's a yeah. lot of benefit that's come out of that. There is still an art to it. And that art ultimately boils down to a relationship that the seller's having with the buyer, you know, regardless of where they come into that journey. What's always propelled me and my interests have just been the curiosity of trying to understand what is company A, a or B or C trying to accomplish and you know, it, are the things that we represent able to help them unlock the benefit that they're actually trying to achieve? Um, and so to me, there's just a curiosity in understanding the people and the problems and the the challenges that they're facing. So it's a curiosity factor that's always kind of propelled my uh, interests uh, at the yeah. core level. And then it's uh, even internally, you know, it's again, enterprise, SMB, mid-market, what have you. Uh, there's stakeholders across the organization that are going to be part of that. And I think it's always been interesting to be, again, curious on what's interesting to them and how how does the right customer coming into the organization actually benefit them? So it's been an interest in understanding. Absolutely. And I mean, we are in an interesting moment you know, economically, you know, I can't tell you how many discussions I've been with companies that I kind of play a mentor role where they seem to talk a lot about the macro issues. And I'm kind of like, guys, you know, you're a, you're a $2 million business. Like, you know, yes, the macro plays, but there's still a market out there for you. How do you balance that kind of like macro discussion with the kind of the goals that companies have to hit, you know? It's interesting you mentioned that because I've been fortunate. I've been asked to do some mentoring and advisory work yeah. for kind of seed and series A type companies. And yes, I hear that same argument. But the point of it is you they went into business. They have a solution that people are gravitating towards because yeah. it is solving a problem. And so the question is, you need to just make sure you're isolating and focusing your efforts on those target prospects that can benefit from you unlocking the problems that they have. And so macro aside, they still have the problem. And if your solution can solve it, it's a matter of just getting to the conversations. Now, granted, you know, there may be some delay or perhaps more discussion that needs to happen around the purchase path. But uh, at the end of the day, if the problem is real and that you can really solve it, there is a compelling argument to enter into it. I love the way you just outlined that, Alex. I mean, it's spot on. It's spot on. I mean, I often say like, listen, guys, when you get to the billion dollar level, we'll have a different discussion. (laughs) <laughs> then you can blame it all on the Fed. Right. But before, <laughs> but before, before that point, let's remember there's a market out there for you. Yeah. So, I mean, going into 2024, there's, I think, a slight uneasy uneasiness and optimism at the same time. It's a yeah. quite an interesting moment. Tell me what your take is on next year. Uh, it's a great question. I, I kind of wish I had the crystal ball, but I don't. Yeah. I, and I think you worded it well. There's, there's a part of the... Part of the business world is very optimistic and looking to make investments and trying to grow and capitalize on the market. And there's others that are still being very cautious. Yeah. And I, I, again, I, I just go back to that core issue. If what you're providing for the market will actually solve a real need, 
then there's a market that's going to need that and want to acquire it. And so it's just about focus, regardless of whether you're going to invest and expand your sales organization, or you're just trying to get more optimization out of what you have. I think it's about really zeroing in the focus of what people are doing day in and day out. And how is the whole entire company really kind of backing that mission and initiatives? Yeah. Um, Well, so I think in the end, I do think 24 will be a better year than 23 from a new bookings perspective for technology companies, but how quickly that ramps up, we will all find out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the way you described it around focus, focus being the key is quite important. Alex, if someone wanted to reach you, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly on LinkedIn. So Alex Becker, also you can reach me at an email if you'd like that. It's a Becker. So B-E-C-K-E-R at growbookings.com. So growbookings.com. Excellent. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being on Uncaged Day. It's been a really good discussion. We've been talking to Alex Becker. He is a veteran sales leader in the SaaS space, the tech-enabled services space. And we've been talking about the state of sales, state of growth, looking at kind of what companies are doing, where they are, what they should worry about, what they should, let's say, as Alex said, focus on and really push forward. But Alex, some really, really good advice in there today. Thank you so much. And we look forward to having you back. Thank you very much. Cheers.